everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel, and I am back with another amazing story about New York City. But last week, I gave you some recommendations, and it turned out they were a bit of a hit. So as my dear friend coined this new number... Rachel's Rex. So here they are again this week. I hope you enjoy them. Uh, Number one is the Union Square Farmers Market. It has been there forever. All of the good produce is out because we are in the best season summer. Yes, I am this passionate about local produce. (laughs) Please go and support your local farmers. Okay, my second recommendation kind of near Union Square is Paul and Jimmy's. It's a great Italian restaurant on 18th Street. It's been run by the same family for, I think, 50 years, 70 years, something like that. It's been there forever. They have Peroni on draft, sit at the bar with the windows open, have an excellent time. Okay, my third and final recommendation this week is a bit fraught for myself. It is City Bike. I love City Bike. I love going somewhere on a bike, riding with the wind in my hair over the bridge, knowing I can drop that shit off, go have as many drinks as I want, and get home any way I want. But at the same time, I hate their app, I hate their service, and I hate how much they charge us. But it's the only option we've got, folks. So a little bit of a weird last recommendation, but it's how I truly feel. But I still love it. So here we are. Okay. Hope you enjoyed those. Please let me know when they start to get annoying. For my guest today, she is one of my dear friends. She is a fabulous hairstylist. If you need someone, reach out to her. She's the owner and operator of Laveau Hair. Please welcome to the show the wonderful Amira Abdelaziz. Hi, also known as Mrs. Underwood. I just was thinking that's I'm using your maiden name. That's how long we've known each other. I'm sorry, let me do that again. Amira Underwood. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Great. I mean, like I'm always saying, it's another beautiful day in New York City now that the weather's turned. So there's not that much to complain about currently. Yes. Agreed. Okay. I know you are in demand and you are a hot commodity, but is there anything spectacular going on in the hair world we should know about? Well, I mean, people are starting to care about their hair again. So that's good. Yeah. You know, with COVID, people were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But now everyone's like really into their hair again. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, everybody always cared about their hair, but now they're like wanting to style it again and make an effort. And like go out and like be dressed up and be out there and like have awesome hair. I feel like everyone's doing curtain bangs. That seems to be a thing I'm seeing everywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I actually have to say, like, I sort of have like a pet peeve of the industry, the marketing lingo Okay. for the different trends you know like someone will come in and be like I want curtain bangs and then I'm like okay so can I cut it to like your nose and they're like oh my god no below the chin <laughs> and then I'm like well that's not even close to being a bang that's just a layer yeah, I'm like, no this is why we need you on the show we need you to share like the hot tips and styles right now and tell everyone the trends of what they should be doing so if it's not a curtain bang if it is a layer coming under your chin what are some of the other things that people could be doing right now with their hair that will like when they get out there they're just going to look amazing and ready to party. I think one of my like best tips for someone who I think curtain bangs the whole idea of it it's it's really a great concept because it switches people's style up instantly with having without having to take off too much length or doing like a whole new haircut and so I think ultimately like some people think that they want short hair around their face but they're actually they don't and really just switching your part can make a huge difference. Like oftentimes people with a side part come in and they say want curtain bangs, but really all they want is just to wear their hair in the middle because <laughs> it's a change. But really like just switching your part. And I know that this whole, like the other thing that is like so annoying is everyone's like, oh my God, I have to wear my hair in the middle. My daughter said it. My sister said it. Like I'm old if I don't do that. And that's just so dumb because not everybody looks good with their hair in the middle. 
But sometimes if you take the hair, the side part and make it even deeper and kind of swoop it, I mean, it can give such a different look. And if you're thinning a little bit at your part, it's even more important to switch it up every once in a while. Give it time to grow back in in that area because we always do the most damage to the front, especially where our part is because we want it to look perfect. Yeah. So that's like one of my big tips lately. Big fan of switching the part. This is such a good hot tip of like, it costs zero dollars to do what you just said. <laughs> like you just literally part your hair differently. It costs zero dollars. Many times it makes your hair look much thicker and it makes you look different. And if you can't even accept the way you look with a different part, then don't try to change your haircut or something, you know, <laughs> like you need to get a little acquired to change, you know? <laughs> This is why I find you to be the best hairstylist and why I'm always recommending you to people. I'm like, she's going to tell it to you like it is. And it's going to and it's going to be honest and truthful and right for you, because I think a lot of times people make bad choices with their hair and they like their stylist didn't give them the honest answers and point them in the right direction because people just want to like placate and like tell people everything's OK. But you give the honest answers that people need to hear. Yeah, I always kind of like start off with someone's like, I don't really know what I want to do. I'm like, all right, let's talk about things that you don't like or <laughs> things that happened to you in the past that you, because I'm like, I definitely don't want to do that again. You know, like because everybody knows what they don't like. People are like, I could like this, but everyone's like, I don't like this. And so that's always a great place to start. Okay, how about a great starting point for us? We know that you do hairstyling. You've been here for a long time, but when did you first move to New York? I first moved to New York in 2005 in August. It was right after I finished high school. And then I worked uh, at a country club in St. Louis and saved up a bunch of money. And then I moved. I love that you moved after high school. Yeah. How old were you? You were so young, I feel like. Well, I just, I guess I just turned 18. I mean, people, it's just wild. I feel like a lot of people come here like early 20s, mid 20s. They've like somewhat a little bit established or like out of college or something. But like that is so you, I feel like in your personality to come here like fresh 18, like ready to take on the world and just going for it. Aren't you proud of yourself? Super proud of myself. I will say that there was a few shockers for me when I first moved. Of course, I was obsessed with sex in the city. So I had like all these <laughs> stupid, dumb, cheap high heels because I was poor. And like, I quickly realized that those were not going to work. And like, I needed to get some real shoes that a human can walk in. Sure. And that that was like TV, not real life. Yes. That was like, a that was one of the first you know, I was like, wow, I look like a real rookie. And then, you know, it was always, always hard to figure out how to get around. I mean, I was actually just talking to a friend. Do you guys remember? Um, it was like MapQuest for the subway. What was it called? No, like you, you would go on your computer. You, you don't know what it's called. I don't think so. You would go on the computer and you would put in like your address where you're going from and the, and the address where you're going. And it would tell you like, you got to take the G to, you know, courthouse square and then transfer to the E and yeah. then transfer to the six yeah. and then turn left on this street. And I would write it all out. <laughs> it was called like, it was, no, it was called hop stop. It was called oh, hop stop. I do remember that. Yes. I do remember using that, but I love the idea of you using it pre-phone. So you don't have it with you. You have to like go on the computer and like write it all down on a piece of paper and take it on the train with you. Yeah. I had to do that. And then also like, I feel really old. But also we all had our portable CD-ROM that we would carry because this was wow. prior to iPads. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And we, I would be like, I get my mixed CDs that I brought from St. Louis from high school, of course. <laughs> and get my hop stop directions and I'd be on my way. Be on your merry way. I love that. That's such a, that's such a specific time in history of like writing down directions and taking your 
Is that like a CD Walkman? Is that what those were called yeah. on the train? That's so funny. You were so young when you moved here. And like, I'm just imagining you just like fresh face, like do and just pounding the pavement and doing it. I know a bit of why you moved here. I'm going to assume it had something to do with the hair industry, but what was the real reasoning behind you moving to New York? Well, I no, really, I moved here to go to FIT, but I knew I wasn't really going to like, I knew I probably wouldn't be a successful student in the fashion design world. Because I just, it was just like what I needed. I needed to do something to get here. Like I couldn't just move here without anything. My mom would have never let me do that. Sure. But anyways, so I moved to go to FIT, but I moved because I just was like, I have to go to New York. I need, I always felt like I just did not belong in St. Louis and I needed to be like in a faster pace, just different environment in New York city. I always felt drawn to it. I just always had all these like visions for movies and television of New York City. So when I got here, I was just like constantly like, okay, this is just like in this movie at this time. <laughs> like, or I'm just like, okay, here I am. Like I just all the time I had this narrative, but really I just had my hop stop directions and my like bunk ass high heels and my fucking CD ROM. <laughs> so it's like not at all the way I thought I was, but in my brain I was like, here I am, just like in that movie. Yeah. I'm Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> I think that's so cute. I think we're all guilty of that. I mean, I think everyone or most people wanted to move to New York because they saw a TV show or they saw a movie or they saw something. I'm so guilty of that. When I first moved here, I remember like going to the Upper West Side and thinking like, I'm in You've Got Mail. I'm walking around and I'm going to Zabar's. Yeah, exactly. Like every single bookstore, you're like, okay, You've Got Mail. I'm standing in front of it. It's just like the movie. (laughs) I think we're all guilty of that. I didn't know that about FIT. That's really interesting. How long did you stay at FIT? Not long, like one semester. It was, like I said, it was really just my like way to get here. It was an excuse. But yeah, so the first day I flew here, first day I flew here, I had set up an interview. My very wise friend, Soraya, who I actually was the only person I knew that lived here already. We used to work at a cafe in St. Louis together. She told me that I was like, I have to get a job, you know, because I like fully support myself. Mm -hmm. So I was like, um, she was like, whatever you do, just everywhere you interview, pretend like you've lived here. Don't don't pretend you just moved here. Like no one's going to hire you. Just pretend like you've lived here and you're just looking for a job. Like just be a normal human. What a good tip. So I set up this interview at a hair salon because I was like, okay, like I'll be a receptionist. And so I flew in, dropped my bags off, like where I was staying temporarily hop stopped it (laughs) took the subway I'll never forget the g to the e to the six which is not an easy commute not for your first time jumping yeah first time jumping on a train that's not easy I think I I think I gave myself like three hours so anyway (laughs) so I got there and I was just like I was like hi you know like yep just been living here for a while now ready (laughs) just looking for a job (laughs) <laughs> and, and they hired me and it worked out really well. And then that's when I kind of had this revelation after a while that I was like, wow, I should just be a hairstylist. Like, that's what I should do. And that was kind of the beginning of that path for me. So then I went to, I quit FIT, went to hair school, apprenticed to a lot of different salons and ultimately ended up on the Upper East Side pretty long-term at, at the salon that I was at for a while. And now I kind of have my own business and I, I work out of a salon downtown And then I do house calls, which was this new thing that happened after COVID. So yeah, it's really great. You are the New York dream. I mean, you came here with a hope and a prayer at 18 years old, carrying your bags and you just 
went out and got that job. I mean, I know you personally, so I know that's you through and through is just an absolute hustler going to make it happen. But, you know, not everyone can do that. It takes a lot of like grit and determination. And it's, you know, when you sum it up in that 10 second bite there, it all sounds so perfect. But we know during that time, there was so much like hard work and trials and figuring it all out and hustling and finding a new place and having to make money stretch and all of these things. And like, I know for you, you think like I did it and it was easy, probably whatever, but like, that is so amazing. And so many people wish they can do that and you've done it and gosh, darn it. You should be proud of yourself. Thanks. You should be. I mean, I think about like when we first met and how we used to like go out all the time and I'm going to get to actually the story of the whole reason why I'm here today. But because I, when the whole time I was uh, going through hair school, I worked in the restaurant industry a lot. And anyways, I just think about us. We had no money. Zero. But we would stay out all night. And we would <laughs> have like, we would go to nice, we would do lots of things. And I think about now, like when I go out and I'm just like, and I'll say to myself, I'm like, okay, Mira, like really try to, to make this money stretch tonight. Like, and then still, no matter what, somehow I'm like, uh, what? I'm like so broke. Every time I come home, I'm like, I don't even understand how I used to do what I did. Like, I mean, I know that the price of everything has gone up, but I mean, wow. I don't know how we did it. We had the best, we had the best of times. And I think oftentimes we only had like $20 in our pocket. I think we did a lot of cheap eats, cheap drinks, uh, happy hours. My, remember my open bar talking about bringing it back to old school hop stop. Do you remember my open bar? Mm-hmm. They were a website mm-hmm. that you could look at and they would tell you who was just giving away free drinks. And I remember being like 21, 22, checking in on a Wednesday. Where can I go and just pay $0? So I think we had a lot of um, uh, ingenuity in that a- arena. We found ways to make it all work out. I feel like you also remember that one time when you would say like, all right, we're going to do Wall Street Wednesdays. And like, we would go down <laughs> to the bars by Wall Street. Do you remember that? No, I do not. But sounds accurate. <laughs> sounds like something I just came up with. It was pretty successful. We would go and, you know, Wall Street Wednesdays. We would just get some drinks for free. Maybe we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring back Wall Street Wednesdays. Why not? They could use some help down there. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Well, you've been, we know that you've been here since you were quite young. You've done it. You've made it work. You're successful. You're married. You have two kids. You have done all of these things that everyone wished they can do. And we need to let everyone out there know that you can do it too. You just have to work really hard at it. But considering all of these things, we've reached the most important part of the show. Amira, what is the most fun you've ever had in New York? So it was a Thursday night, I believe. I used to work at this restaurant with this awesome staff. I would go to hair school all day. Then I would have like an hour and a half buffer time. So I would, you know, get something to eat, sometimes get something to drink and then go to work again. Wow. It was at this restaurant called Perea and it was this Greek restaurant kind of a few doors down from Gramercy Tavern on 20th Street at the time. And there was this awesome bar across the street called the Silver Swan. So I was a maitre d' there. And on Thursday nights, I don't know if anybody remembers this place. It was just a gem. It doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's it's something. Last time I went, it was like this like really kind of bizarre like Russian restaurant. It was, it was nothing like the way it used to be. It was called the Silver Swan. I don't know what it's called now, but it was some type. It's last time I went, it was like, I don't know. I, I was like, we were in that area and I was like, oh, let's, I want to see if this place exists still. And it was, and the restaurant doesn't exist either, by the way. But that's so New York, you know, like everything only lasts like two, you know, two years tops. Yeah. And then it's like done over. Always changing on us. The Silver Swan was an establishment for a long time. It was an industry bar, but on Thursday nights, which probably a lot of these people were in the industry as well. It was a drag night. 
which was my most favorite night because as a major D, I would look directly across the street and see like all the fabulousness happening all night. Yeah. Anyways, so we would get off work. We would always go to the Silver Swan and it was awesome because it was kind of like a network of all of the people that were like kind of working at the best of the best restaurants at the time, which was awesome because then, you know, like on my day off, I would go to Grammar Stew Tavern and have a sick meal for no money treated like a million bucks (laughs) because we all knew each other. Yeah. And kind of like a huge perk. So anyways, we go to the Silver Swan. It's drag night, having a great time. This is now at like 2 a.m. because we're like kind of each staggering in off after our shifts end. The other big perk of this place was I befriended this amazing woman named Kristen, which I miss. And she always had different guys very much into her, but she was always just kind of friends with them. (laughs) This one particular guy, his name was Shivaji. And he was just so sweet. And she would always be like, Shivaji, like, we need blue, blue ribbon sushi. Bring it to us. <laughs> like, we're, I was having always, like, the best of the best meals for free, like, because of Kristen and Shivaji. So this explains how you were doing it and not spending the money. So now we have some answers to that. People were just giving you wonderful, delicious, free food. There was definitely a lot of charity. Yeah, which is why it's now I, like, try to do that for other people. So basically like Silver Swan kicks us out. Somehow we end up in this stretch limo. I have no idea. (laughs) Like with a crew of random people, like some restaurant industry people, some drag women, Mm -hmm. uh, women in drag, men in drag, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then like also just random people that happen to be at the bar. So we're all together and we go to like a few different after hours spots. All in the limo. All in the limo. I have no idea where the limo comes from. <laughs> no idea who's paying for it. Sure. We're drinking. It's like fully stocked, by the way. Oh my God. And I have no idea where we're at. Like, so I could never tell you where this place was. Who even knows if it still exists? But we get dropped off to our second after hours bar and we walk in and the upstairs is like this really cool, kind of like your typical East Village, like leather bar stools, like cool looking bar, dark, like disgusting bathroom with graffiti all over it. <laughs> and then we go downstairs and it's like a vintage bowling alley from like the 1970s. Like I feel... It's got like living rooms in it. It's it literally feels like you you went to the 1970s. An actual bowling alley. An actual bowling alley. Like it took up the whole downstairs. It was pretty big this place, but it was like from the 1970s. Like it had like a lounge area and this huge bowling alley. It was so awesome. Was it decorated like that or was it actually just like left around since the 1970s? No, like I think it was legit. It was like a time capsule. And you have no idea what the name of the place was or where you were or anything. I mean couldn't tell you because you know it was like (laughs) I had no money I just finished eating blue ribbon sushi getting out of a limo and going into a bar (laughs) and we still had the fabulous drag ladies with us too everyone's with you and I love it you just show up and everyone's having a great time so did you guys bowl of course like it was that was the best part yeah if I had a phone with a camera I would you know, but that was back during T9 time, flip phone. <laughs> I would have pictures because I just remember at one point, like, you know, obviously I was pretty drunk. It's 5 a.m. But I remember like looking around and like, you know, fabulous drag woman is like bowling. And it's like, I'm like, what the hell is this place? Like, where am I? Like, how did this happen? Like, and I have to go to school in like three hours. So I was like, I got to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, is the limo still there? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, am I going to have to call Northside Car Service? I'm like, oh, God. Is the limo going to drive me home? I'm like, can you drop me off at my uh, house in Greenpoint so I can get my Aveda t-shirt for school? Thanks. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that yeah. so much. I love that so much. Oh, that's so fun. The limo was gone. So that was pretty unfortunate, but well, we're not sure how you got home. But I love the, I love the idea of like having so much fun being with all these people, but this is so you, I feel like the reality sets in of like, now, wait a minute, is that limo going to drive me back home? Like I, and you just like probably got two hours of sleep and off you went off to do it. I mean, that's what we did. That's what everyone did in their early twenties is they just made it work. And that's why everyone loves it here because anything can happen. (laughs) I think I probably definitely spent the most of my money always on car services because I can't tell you how many times I stayed out all night long, made my way home and then would call Northside car service to take me to school from Greenpoint to Soho. So you can imagine. Wow. That is a lot of money. But I was like, I have to, I, there's no other way. I'm not going to make it in time. Like I was like, sleep is always warm. So I was definitely, you know, when Uber came about, I was like, this is it. (laughs) This is everything I ever wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But this night that you went out, do you, do you remember, have you ever seen any of these people again that you were with? Have you ever been back to the bowling alley or it just was one of those New York tales of like, I just had the best night ever. I don't know what happened, but it was so much fun. No, it was definitely one of those New York tales. I mean, anybody who's been out in New York, in such a situation like this, everybody can relate. Like you have the best time ever at some place that you'll never see again because Mm -hmm. you have no idea where you were at. You either one walked around and kept going in and out of different places until you found your spot that you wanted to be. Or two, you like just got in a cab and followed someone's lead. Like you'll never know. Yeah. Like nobody pays attention, you know? I love it. I love it. I'm still, I'm still friends with a few people that I used to work at that restaurant with. And like, we'll talk about it sometimes. I mean, none of us could tell you where we were at though. Like we we're all like, wow, do you, that place was crazy. Right. You know, like <laughs> it was really funny. Cause I remember when we went back to work and I was like talking to this guy, George, he was, uh, this Colombian dude that we worked with. And I was like, I was like, George, wasn't that crazy? I was like, wasn't it like a time capsule? And he was just like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like a bowling alley. It was a bowling alley. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, it was like not a bowl. It was, I was like, it was a bar with this secret 1970s, like weird. It, I was, it literally looked like a set. Maybe it was a set. Who knows? Maybe you were on a TV show. <laughs> it was that weird. Like you walked downstairs, you felt like you were like, you're like, what? What is this? We have to get the word out there to see if anyone knows this bowling alley, maybe East Village sometime around 2005-ish. Does anyone ever go there? Does anyone know what it is? Does anyone know the name or if it's still there? If you went to this bowling alley, please let us know. It could have been in Brooklyn too. Like I, I really can't remember. It was definitely downtown or in Brooklyn. Like it was not, it was not anywhere else. Well, it sounds like it was a fair, very fun night. I love all the details of like young kid finishing work at 2 a.m., the industry bar. Like I think we all know that tale so well. All of the drag queens being with you, the limo, is it gonna take me to school in the morning? And the bowling alley. I mean, it's so many hot things in one night. It sounds so fun. I really wish I could remember the drag queens uh, names, but I can visually remember that one of them had like, she definitely was into Dolly Parton because her whole vibe was Dolly. Like the hair was very high, close to God. Okay. Boobs were big. (laughs) And that was like, and that's who I, when I think about this whole scene playing out in my head, like I see her bowling. Like she's like, okay, (laughs) here we go. And and I remember like just sitting there being like, what the hell is happening (laughs) right now? And also like just that morning, like I remember like being at hair school that morning and being like, la-di-da, like learning, 
then walking to work. I mean, who would have ever thought that my night would have ended like that? Who would, that's why I love New York. Yes, totally. Who would have ever thought? You never know what can happen. And that's why it's so great here of like anything can happen to you in a night. And it, and, and it happened to you and you lived it. And I love that story so much. Thank you so much for sharing it. It truly is so fun. And I wish I was there and I wish I could go to that bowling alley or find out where it is. So I hope someone can tell us about it. Hit me up. Let me know. <laughs> Okay. Well, I love that story. And you are letting everyone know that they can have fun in New York. You just have to be open to all the possibilities. We've reached my last question of the show, which I I think you're going to have a heartfelt one, but we'll see. What is your favorite thing about New York? The people by far. The thing about New York is obviously like what I was saying is like, you have all these amazing restaurants and you have the culture, you have the museums, but like everything's always changing, Mm -hmm. but you will never find the diversity. Also just the spunk people have. I mean, especially I'm doing house calls all the time now, right? So I'm in and out of different buildings and different elevators. I can't tell you like the awesome, hilarious sequence of two minute conversations I've had with random people on the elevator. Yeah. And you would only have that in New York. Yes. You know, like yeah. just last week I like got in the elevator and this woman's like, nice day, right? She's got bright purple hair. And I'm just like, yeah, then she- and she starts going on and on about how she got a ticket and how she's not standing for it. <laughs> no, like just everybody is just like, like everyone is just such a character from a movie. Like so many people, like it all comes back. They just have great personalities. Yeah. Everyone's doing something interesting or everybody just has, no one's boring. Let's just say that. That's such a good answer. Everyone has like something interesting about them or a personality or spunk or something. And especially like being a hairstylist, like I love meeting new people, talking to people about what they're up to, what their ambitions, everybody's doing something interesting. I just love it. I just love the people like everywhere I travel, you know, people are cool, but it's really a unique group of individuals that are from and are drawn to New York City. And everybody is most people are pretty cool. You know, like they're the life of the party. You're saying it. You're saying it so perfectly. I mean, I mean, just like check, check, check everything you're saying. I 100 percent agree. And that's what draws us here. And, you know, a lot of people, when I ask them this question, what's your favorite thing about New York? They say the people, but it always has like a different spin on it. Sometimes it's the people because we can count on each other. Sometimes it's the people because, you know, there are people from all over the world. But like you're saying it in such a way and with your own take on it that I think it's so you're like, no one's boring. Everyone's fun. If you come here, there's something about you that's interesting or you have ambition or you have whatever. And I do think it's all of these people in one place that are exactly what you're saying that are just like so cool. Even the ones that maybe aren't into the things that I'm into or you're into or or whatever, there's still something about you that brings you here that makes you so interesting. And I love that answer so much. Yeah. Like everyone's always very multifaceted, almost too much too. I mean, you meet some people and they're like, well, um, I'm, I'm starting the startup. And then also I'm like a, a professional swimmer and I <laughs> like on the weekends I dance and I also am like a world renowned, like sommelier. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, that's exhausting. <laughs> what? Everyone has like so many different things that they're doing or like trying to do or like a side hustle or like a hobby. Yeah. Or like if they don't do anything, then they're always just like going to different events or cultural events and like interesting stories or I don't know. I just feel like people are high energy, usually very ambitious and just really interesting. And I don't know how else to say it, except that they have spunk. They got spunk, kids. That's why New York is just so awesome. It's why you had to get here. And I know that feeling of coming from somewhere else where not everyone is like that and getting here. It just feels so great. Come to New York. We've got spunk. (laughs) 
Well, Mira, thank you so much for being on the show. I love your story. It is the perfect embodiment of going out, being young, having fun in New York. Anything can happen to you. But most of all, thanks, New York. They had fun. <laughs>